Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Building Through the Bear, hosted by the Akash Network. Let's take a listen. All right, cool. So, new link is out there. So, we're about time. So, I'll kick things off. Thank you all for joining today's Twitter Spaces, Building Through the Bear Market. My name is Adam Mosny. I head up Akash, uh, or sorry, <laughs> I'm head of community for Overcock Labs, contributing to the Akash Network. Uh, really stoked to have you guys here today. This is the first Twitter space we've done in a little while. We have tons of updates that Greg will cover, um, and we have a very important person to introduce here today as well. Uh, I want to thank you guys for joining. This will be kind of an informal Twitter spaces. Normally, we kind of have a very set schedule, but we really want to make it about all the people listening in. So at any time today, if you do have questions for Greg, Nadia, or myself, feel free to make a speaker request, and we'll get you in on the conversation. Uh, but before we get into that, I uh, just want to quickly introduce our guest. First up is Greg Osuri, uh, founder of Overclock Labs uh, and core contributor and founder to Akash Network. How are you doing today, Greg? Doing great. Excellent. And next up is really, I would say, the guest of honor. The newest member of the Overclock Labs team is Nadia Bajuelo, the community events manager here at Overclock Labs. Hey, Nadia, how are you doing today? Hey, Adam. Good. Super excited to be here. Great job on my last name, by the way. <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have met you in person now, so I've been practicing in front of the mirror just saying, Bajuelo, Bajuelo. Um, so thank you. Thank you for jumping on here. So we do have a lot of things to cover in terms of Akash updates that we'll be handing off here to Greg in a second. But before I do that, I did want to do kind of a quick introduction to Nadia Bojuelo. So Nadia joined about two or three weeks ago, the newest member of the Overclock Labs team. Um, she's going to be focused on in-person online events as well as kind of community building. So I wanted to kind of just toss the mic over to Nadia so she could maybe quickly introduce herself, um, talk a little bit about how you got to this point and, you know, what you're excited about doing here at Overclock Labs. Take it away, Nadia. Uh, thanks, Adam. Hey, yeah. So um, a little bit about myself. So work life wise, um, I've been more than 10 years in events and uh, experiential marketing. And I come from the normie world, I guess you could say General Mills is who I worked with before. Um, and then outside of work, um, I've got a serious travel bug and uh, sold everything, bought an RV. Uh, hit the road with my husband and two dogs and uh, lived on the road across the U.S. and Canada. And then as far as what brought me to Akash, well, I was looking to join the Web3 and crypto space. It's such a dynamic and exciting space right now. Um, and the more I looked into Akash, um, the more I saw this great opportunity and I got really excited. Um, I noticed that a lot of Web3 projects are still reliant on like really centralized web two giants 
And I feel that for Web3 and crypto to fulfill its promise of decentralization, um, they need to be on decentralized platforms. And uh, I thought Akash is, was well positioned to fill in that need. Um, and then as far as what I'm excited to do, well, I'm excited to get to know all of you guys and create exciting events, fun events, um, events where, you know, uh, you guys can learn and get as excited about Akash as I am. So I'm sure you get this question a lot, Nadia, but um, favorite General Mills cereal? Mine personally is Cheerios. I'm pretty sure that's General Mills, right? Uh, what would you say is your favorite cereal? <laughs> Ooh, favorite cereal. I'd have to go with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Ooh, that actually is a classic. I think I was raised off that stuff. That's why I'm, I'm an inch shorter than I should have been. Um, anyways, uh, thank you, Nadia. Wait, thank you for that. Intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, before I toss the mic over here to Greg to kind of give some Akash updates, um, for anyone listening in, if you do have questions throughout today, we did want to make this pretty informal. We have about another 24 minutes before we all have to jump off. So if you do have questions, just make a speaker request. We'll get your question in for Nadia on her background and what she's going to be doing here. Um, and then for Greg as well. So I'm going to toss the mic over to Greg to give some updates on Akash and uh, take it away, Greg. Thanks, Adam. Well, uh, first question, how is everyone doing? I know we've been through a quite the, quite the roller coaster. Just uh, respond using emoji if you can. Uh, the space has reactions. I will say, uh, oh, there's crying emoji and there's uh, the hard emoji, I suppose. But Anyway, uh, lots of uh, crazy things. So today I want to talk about a few uh, items, right? So I got questions. The original you know, plan I had was to well, give you just what's happening with the cost team uh, and some conversations around inflation and some of our thought process and community thought process. Uh, how much progress we made with the AKT burn mint uh, mechanism. Uh, how uh, we were impacted with Luna Crash, and um, really how uh, you know how we're funded uh, the development, and how we're going to fare through the next uh, uh, you know next uh, uh, two to three years of your potential uh, uh, bear market, and what are some of my thoughts? I think how long the bear market is going to last, and whatnot. So, and also I got some interesting questions. Uh, um, from the community, one was like, what is the current state of GPUs? Uh, are you in touch with big potential customers other than blockchain nodes like ML companies? Do companies uh, you know, know are interested by cash? Uh, what do you think is the biggest hurdle right now of getting bigger adoption? Uh, with uh, that in mind, what could be the uh, biggest catalyst to get adoption? Uh, would it be GPU support or managed services platform? Um, and we're seeing uh, other questions. What are the biggest challenges for Akash in upcoming months? And what are still huge technical problems that we have to overcome? And uh, the questions of like, do you actually think Akash can capture 1% of the compute market and generate billions in revenue? So a lot of like general questions, but also I think a lot of like hyper, uh, uh, you know, short term uh, questions as well. Please tweet, uh, comment on the tweet, my tweet thread that I had going on. About your questions, so I can answer. If you can, raise your hand. Uh, request to be to be a speaker, and I'll let you up. Uh, let you up here. That said, so update. So last we released the mainnet uh, three about forty five days ago, and it's been uh, 
to be honest, not the smoothest, right? So the update alone took about 15, uh, 15 hours. And a lot of that has to uh, do with the Cosmos upgrade module, even though our software is pretty stable. Uh, there were certain bugs uh, in, uh, in a few modules that we developed, especially the inflation, the, the uh, auto inflation that, that, that we wanted. Uh, so we have to get rid of that um, and rework that, that big bug. Uh, and potentially relaunch in the future. But for the most part, I think uh, we didn't have uh, you know, much impact on the existing workloads, and this is also a good test. Uh, people have been asking like, what happens if the blockchain goes down, do all my applications that are running will go down? The answer is simply no. And we saw that stress test um, you know, recently with a 15 hour upgrade uh, that did not impact any of the working uh, application so it's a it's an amazing proof point that this model really works and second is we looked at seriously like um you know, the akash blockchain has been in development since why since seven years right so the the actual source code some of the source codes goes back to seven years and during the seven years we had different uh, engineers working on the source code and different engineers means different patterns and different ways of doing things so the source code has been building uh pretty much um and and as, as you have like an old source code base you gain something called technical debt in the sense like because there's so many different patterns because there's so many different ways people do things uh you know you, you that kind of impacts the performance of the code uh the older the software the more higher higher impact the technical debt has on it so a big effort uh, we noticed was to uh, that, you know, to remove that payback some of the technical debt. So there's a huge refactoring progress that's happening. So since uh, 16, uh, 16.3, uh, 0.16.3, which is our um, mainnet version, we released about four uh, release candidates. Uh, if you look at our GitHub, you'll, you'll see an idea. And each of them uh, have to do with refactoring um, the code. So what we're doing when it comes to refactoring, number one, if anyone technical here, think you like this. Number one, we are breaking down uh, from a monolithic service uh, to to more uh, microservices. A big chunk of our monolithic piece was the provider uh, uh, provider daemon. So removing uh, parts like the bid engine, uh, like the scheduling engine. And uh, you know, and essentially breaking them into smaller pieces that can be individually monitored, individually developed. So that's how we pay back the, the technical debt. So while that's happening, our front end teams have been uh, really busy in um, in designing a significantly superior user interface, user experience, right? And uh, we did talk about how we were working on the command line interface. Um, and we put a lot of work into uh, essentially creating a, a user experience that ties down the, um, that, that, that basically brings the web and the uh, command line interfaces in harmony. Uh, so it's a very advanced user experience. I think we, I, I recently posted a tweet on how simple it is to get started on, uh, to host an osmosis node. And this is get, going to get even more simple. Uh, a big chunk of that got to do with like improving their omnibus packages uh, and adding uh, something called remote signers to omnibus. 
so that we can actually, uh, you know, attract a lot of the nodes to run on Akash. Uh, for context, uh, even though Akash is amazing, super cheap to run nodes or whatnot, there are just some reservations we saw from the uh, Cosmos SDK community or node community uh, 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 regarding security and privacy for the private keys. Uh, folks, even though Akash is pretty secure, folks are not yet comfortable putting their private keys that sign validators on the network. And the solution for that is to decouple the key signing part from the validation part using something called remote signers. So uh, our omnibus package, Akash omnibus package, does not currently support remote signers. So uh, adding a remote signer to the omnibus and giving that experience in a simple to use user experience, uh, you know, uh, uh, interface is going to be critical. And uh, so the front end teams are, are hard work and mocking up and designing these things. So you're going to see uh, some really good updates on the user experience side uh, in, in the coming months. And uh, made quite a lot of progress in the IP marketplace. Uh, so IP marketplace is critical for, um, uh, so right now Akash does not give you unique IP addresses. That means, uh, you know, the providers, uh, you need to share the IP address using multiple ports. So that means you cannot have fixed ports in Akash. So that prevents several blockchains like Solana or, you know, even Bitcoin, I think, you no know, requires fixed ports. Fixed ports are used for service discovery, essentially. So right now, Solana, even though we have persistent storage and all the good stuff, they cannot run because we don't support fixed ports. So with this IP marketplace, uh, you'll be able to support fixed ports. That code is in uh, testing right now. Uh, it's code complete. Uh, we should be going to production very soon. And, and one of the cool things about this update is it does not require a chain update, so it doesn't require the validators to boot, to, to restart the chain. It's really on the provider side of things. They just need to upgrade to this new uh, version, and soon you'll start seeing unique IP addresses. This is very this is a big feature for us that will open up Solana's and, and, and tons of other uh, blockchain nodes to easily uh, deploy on Akash. So, um, and the team uh, met recently uh, for an offsite. It was really good to see people in real life. And, uh, and we realigned on what we're doing. And it's really good to, because we're a remote team, uh, we're about uh, 28 uh, people full-time, as, as, as it could be more, but full-time uh, along with a few other contractors. Um, most of the team is based in US, except for three folks that are outside US, one in Europe, one in Thailand, and, and, and I was actually two in Europe, right? So, um, anyways, uh, we're uh, we met in uh, uh, in Hawaii recently. It was really good to to see everybody and realign. And the uh, team is in high spirits, uh, even with with the impounding bear market. Team is super high, highly focused, super aligned, uh, and we agreed on uh, the exact uh, thing what we're going to work on. And any questions or any reservations have been answered. And uh, we are growing as a team, so which is very exciting. As you know, the market has been not very friendly to some of the bigger players. Um, Coinbase is twenty percent layoffs and whatnot, but Akash is actually hiring. All right, so we're adding twenty percent more to our to our workforce. Uh, so this just should give you uh, an idea as to how much work we have left and how much work we are about to be delivering over the next few. A uh, few months. So overall, it's a very exciting time to be at Akash, and uh, oh, the team is super uh, highly aligned, super highly committed. I can't be more proud 
I'll post some pictures from our offsite, but it's, it's an amazing uh, to it's amazing uh, time to work at Akash. And if you're looking for a job, please, uh, or if you know anybody that got laid off, please refer them to our uh, careers web page, Akash.network slash careers. You'll see a list of openings that we have and uh, and uh, happy to talk to them. All right, so next what we got. Um, so any, anyone has any questions or any thoughts on it, please request yourself to be a speaker and happy to answer the question. All right, moving on, inflation. So there are two, so the, right now there's sort of like, uh, so Akash, as you, just a quick, just a reminder, the Akash inflation model is inflationary deflation, right? So that means we have a fixed supply of 389 tokens, 389 million tokens. Uh, that will be released over a period of uh, 80 years. And, uh, and th that will be released on a decay curve. That means the amount of tokens, the emission, percentage will uh, drop at every block type, right? So right now, Akash inflation, I believe is somewhere, um, let's see, somewhere around 25%, 23%, right? And that means the staking APR, what the stakers get is about 32%, pretty healthy. Um, and it's actually a little higher than what we originally proposed in the white paper. Uh, there are about 11 million extra tokens that are uh, minted um, um, more than uh, from our estimate, right? So first of all, so we need to put a proposal to uh, you know lower the inflation uh, according to what we propose in the in, in the uh, in the white paper, along with certain adjustments to you know offset the 11 million. So that's that's straightforward. The question really is, we're thinking, well. So a lot of these tokens are, um, so right now we're in a scenario where there's enormous sell pressure on, on pretty much the entire Cosmos ecosystem, right? And there's sell pressure that's coming from uh, the on-chain, like the osmosis, um, uh, you know, AMM, because the AMM will adjust the uh, tokens uh, or, or the price of a KT based on osmosis. So there's a lot of inflation on osmosis, that's lowering osmosis price because AKT Osmo pool has uh, great liquidity that's impacting AKT price. So Osmos is actually like lowering your cost price because of the AMM. The AMM will buy and sell and will try to adjust AKT, uh, uh, the, the amount of equity present in the pools based on the other assets, right? So we're getting some impact from that. And, um, and, and there's also too much liquidity uh, in liquidity is a double-edged sword. Liquidity is a great in a, in a bull market, but liquidity is horrible in a bear market because you know people are trying to sell, right? Or at least people are not trying to sell. It's the AMM that's trying to sell on behalf of the people to protect the pool. So um, there's another thought that well, people are under panic right now. People are trying to get out as much, uh, get get as much money as possible. So a lot of the folks don't really understand that AKT's inflation is a token distribution mechanism uh, more than just free tokens, right? So people think AKT uh, extra rewards are just free tokens, and there's a lot of self-pressure that we are seeing. Uh, some, we're doing some more on-chain analysis to give you in-depth in how much of self-pressure uh, is happening today, uh, just from like uh, inflows to the osmosis, inflows to exchanges that we can observe. Uh, from our side, but initial uh, thoughts 
uh, here where it, it's a lot of self pressure coming from the from from the daily rewards. So something has to be done uh, to um, to eliminate the self pressure, or you know we can forget about it till the bear market withers and come back to it later. But I think what I don't want is we have this enormous supply uh, that's going to the wrong hand, right? So there are two essential solutions to this problem that I can think of. One is reducing inflation, right? Everybody takes a hit, um, and you know, and the problem with that is, well, there are loyal AKT holders, AKT stakers that keep compounding, and that are going to be, they're going to keep compounding no matter what, right? So a lot of loyal uh, uh, community members that will take a hit from lowering inflation, uh, but you know, the, there'll be less float, so there'll be less uh, sell pressure on AKT price. So they're kind of gaining from the AKT price going up, but let's be honest, the AKT price right now is a bear market price. It's not going to move for a while considering market conditions, right? Nothing is going to move for a while. So there is that. And second uh, option is to increase the community tax. So community tax is essentially a percentage of tokens that, uh, you know, that, uh, uh, are taken from the from the inflation and put into a community pool. The community pool is governed by on-chain governance, right? So the, how we spend the community pool depends on token holders and de depends on how they vote, right? So an idea is increase the community tax to about 50%, uh, something significant, and um, do a community vote to, um, uh, to airdrop uh, those, those tokens uh, to loyal holders, I mean, let's say, it's, depending on how long they've staked. Like people that stake for for a long time get more tokens. People that stake for less time get less tokens, right? So it's a time-based sort of like incentive for long-term holders. So that way, long-term holders get incentivized. Uh, you know, the inflation and the right to that means the right people get incentivized for for the loyalty, um, and the wrong people that sell tokens uh, won't get incentivized. We can even go further and be like, hey, these tokens sold, yada, yada. We can do all kinds of like, um, you know, creative things to identify the most loyal holders. Uh, you know, that, and so that's the advantage of governance we have, right? Governance is based on community, based on what people are feeling and market conditions change all the time. So automating inflation versus uh, a governing-based token distribution uh, has its advantages, but also has its advantage because I mean sometimes it can be gamed. So the pros and cons to 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 approaches. Um, I mean, I'm I'm still like researching. I'm still asking community. Obviously, the the results for lowering the inflation. We had about thousand votes, and all of them to, said to lower the inflation, and, and a good portion, like forty one percent or so, said to lower the inflation under seven percent. But again, that that's mob uh, speaking, and I'm you know. Uh, I, I want a little more thoughtful, uh, you know, uh, approach to this problem. So, if anyone has any comments, please, this is time to speak up. Uh, please request to be a speaker, and we'll get you on stage. Yeah, we have about um, five-ish or so more minutes. So, yeah, if there are any questions, feel free to jump in. Or if you have questions for Nadia on kind of her new role, feel free to jump in. Uh, what do you mean five-ish? I think I thought we were doing this for an hour. Oh, I mean, yeah, I thought this was going to be a shorter one, but yeah, we can go over, no problem. You still have a ton of updates, right? Um, okay, so what's, let's see. Those are the inflation thoughts. So if anyone has any thoughts, uh, now it's time to speak. 
uh, economics. So we're working through AKD economics, we're introducing burn, uh, burn and uh, mint capability, obviously looking at the current state of algorithm stable coins, very, very, very concerning to, uh, I mean, you have to be very careful on how you design this, uh, burn and mint mechanism. One of the biggest um, concerns I have is like, well, uh, you know, uh, if you essentially have, to, if your debt payable is higher than your market value, then you create a debt spiral, right? So we want to introduce an AKD stable coin, but the stable coin will be extre extremely limited to only pay for deployment. And that means you cannot use that stable coin to send money. I can't send you a AKD stable coin. Send functionality will, will not be enabled. So there is no incentive to hold the stablecoin except to, to deploy on a cash. Um, so there will be some sort of uh, uh, penalty for holding them long. Uh, so and uh, you know for, for long-term uh, stablecoin holders, uh, the, the idea is to encourage people to you know uh, convert it back to AKT. Uh, there are pros and cons for both approaches, and so a lot of uh, care is going into designing the stable mechanism. Uh, but you know, we're not taking shortcuts like Terra or any other algorithmic stable coins. So we're studying a lot of the current existing stable coins, uh, understanding, you know, uh, looking at the market right now. Market is going through lots of changes, which is giving us enormous amount of data. So we're not going to rush the stable coin design, but the work is happening right there. Uh, GPUs, GPUs, we are ready. Uh, we are spec ready. We have about 20 customers uh, you know, uh, that are ready to jump on the GPU, at least help us validate it. And it's very, very exciting. Um, GPUs is one of the most requested feature for Akash, not only from our community, but from our users. And a lot of these users have enormous spend. So we are really, really excited. Again, it's a very complicated feature, especially doing a generically schedulable GPUs. No one has done GPUs. Even the people that claim that they have GPUs are not used for machine learning. Most GPUs are only used for um, used for mining, and that's a completely different use case. So designing a general purpose GPU cloud is extremely challenging because G GPUs are uh, very variable. So we are spec ready in the sense that we have uh, a, we think that we have a very solid spec to start implementing uh, the, the GPU design. So you should be seeing uh, quite a few updates there. Uh, again, we, are, we have so much work that we're doing, we need more people. So right now, our biggest challenge for Akash is not uh, the technical chops, but just people to start to, to implement um, uh, these, uh, these, these features that we have designed. So we have several projects that are happening, right? So we have a new U, uh, UI, we have new, new command line interfaces, uh, we have new uh, you know, validator operations, uh, you know, uh, 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 straighten, uh, smoothing validator operations through Omnibus. We have GPUs, we have IP marketplaces, um, along with, um, you know, other uh, items on the roadmap. So there's a lot of work we're doing. Uh, and we, we're definitely looking for a lot of people like, and from funding standpoint, Overclock Labs, which is the, the incorporated, uh, 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 company and we are we all technically work for Overclock Labs and that's a legal entity. Akash again is not a company; it's a network, so it doesn't have any legal a legal entity. It's a network of of people that are building uh, on Akash, right? Overclock Labs certainly created a Akash network, but 
now we are seeing quite a lot of contributions from the community and uh, and the goal is is to transition to fully community owned uh, in the in the very near future uh, so overclock lab uh, is a wealth funder organization we have uh, um, and if we're fortunate to 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 raise funds uh, uh, you know, well before the the market started down, had a downturn, and we raised uh, funds from private venture capitalists, and uh, and the um, we have right now um, conservatively, uh, I guess, say about two years, and uh, uh, and optimistically about three years of financing, uh, hoping like there's no other like crazy things that'll happen. We we hope not, but we have enough. Uh, uh, fortunately, we have enough uh, finance to to uh, weather a a long bear market. So during this time, we're just going to be uh, you know, focused on building and adoption. Our biggest priority, obviously, is retention uh, for for a cash network. So we're seeing quite a bit of new leases and new users coming, but we're also seeing quite a bit of drop off. And a lot of that happens. A lot of the drop off is happening because there's no way to notify people. There's no sort of like it's very challenging uh, once you use the application second time updating the application seems to be challenging from the user experience standpoint so we have specific uh, feedback that we're working through and uh, and of course we we massively hired a product team so full time uh, product managers now uh, working through customers working through some of these critical problems and solving them but solving them so in a diligent way the beautiful thing about akash is we are not sitting in dark right we have deployed a product. We have users using the product. Now we are getting in incredible feedback, and we are measuring the how how we are retaining users, how we are acquiring the user, how we are growing, uh, what our viral coefficients look like. So now is the time when we start focusing on these key metrics that were all they were kind of like important in the Web two world, but people ignored in the Web three world because you know let's be honest, there's no real product yet uh, until like this phase, right? So now we are seeing a lot of real product. Uh, you know, coming in, and now the real metrics start like uh, start like getting uh, their importance, right? So uh, we're hyper focused on 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 those metrics. The goal is to have a highly sticky product uh, that is growing really well. And once uh, we see a a bull market turn, uh, the attention is obviously going to go to good product, right? Uh, not the most hype product, because now it's a time. Now is the time to build, right? Uh, the hype time is, is done. So a lot of the projects that purely built on hype will die uh, during this bear cycle. And that's an amazing thing. Projects that actually deliver value, projects that can uh, deliver value, but also show the, the in, incredible metrics when it comes to retention, and it comes to adoption, will survive uh, the bear market and thrive uh, when the bull market comes from. This is an amazing time because builders will get more attention than the shillers. Right, so I'm particularly excited. We have the money for next next uh, to weather the bear market. We have the team, and we are growing, and we have an amazing roadmap, and we're building, and we're delivering, and we're we're hyper focused on what's important uh, when it comes to metrics uh, uh, that are that are retention and adoption. So, any questions? Uh, hey, Greg. Oh, uh, yeah, I actually do have a few questions. Uh, first, how are you today? Doing well. Hey, Tiny. <laughs> Great. Uh, so my opinion about everything is that I'm thinking that you're looking at everything wrong. Okay. I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Eventually, uh, let's say the retail investors, when they're investing in a cash, they don't really have the use case to use the AKT and to preserve and not dump the, let's say the tokens. Okay. I'm looking at it 
uh, in a different perspective. My question to you is, how do you planning to attract the big companies which needs your special AKT and all the features it it giving? And how do, how are you planning to bring them and not the retail investors? Because eventually they'll use it and not dumping dump it on the investors. And I think once the big companies and the big names will mm -hmm. uh, let's say join the team, uh, we will see the real adoption and the real success of Akash. It's a good question. So your question is, how are you? What are we doing to attract large companies to use Akash? Exactly, large web two companies to use Akash. Mm -hmm. Yes, so um, there's essentially where we are going, right? Where, let's let's be honest and true to where Akash is right now, and mm -hmm. let's be let's look at what is attractive uh, to the Web two companies, right? So Akash right now is um, very basic uh, 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 platform in the sense if you can run an ephemeral workload. Now we have persistent storage, but even that you can run uh, workloads, you can store the workload. And then you can orchestrate it. I mean, we have about 30 providers, which is not less, but we have, you know, it's small enough, right? Just to get the product market fit. So mm -hmm. the biggest priorities right now is product market fit. Do we have providers that are actually making money? Uh, are the users willing to use the product in a, in, a, in, a, in a usable way? Is the retention high? Is the adoption high, right? Fundamentals first, before you can get into like big bucks. If you can't walk, you can't run, right? Yeah. So that uh, that we are seeing incredible results. We are actually seeing profitability on, on providers. People are actually making money. It's not straightforward. They do have to tune their hardware to meet certain workloads, but we are seeing a lot of PMF in the product in the in the users. And we are seeing a lot of PMF in the uh, uh, in the user side, in the tenant side as well. We can see quite a bit of nodes actually moving to a card from your traditional, uh, you know, uh, work or traditional cloud, right? So mm -hmm. that baseline has to be achieved. Now, next is like when you look at when big companies look at uh, something like a card versus let's say Amazon, right? So they, there's a matrix they look at. Is a card easy to use? Is a uh, does a card have the capability to support my uh, use case? Does Akash uh, has the cost model that's attractive to me, right? Big companies yeah. just don't go on like lower prices. I mean, for them, it's not about lower prices, uh, even though price has a lot of impact, but it's about, can I do what I want to do in the most optimal way? And does the product function, right? So look at what yeah. they need. What, what can Akash give that, that Amazon can give? Distribution. Once providers are profitable, that is something that can be used to attract other providers, right? Because there's actual yeah. money to be made here, right? Um, so that will enable provider incentive that'll massively grow provider base. Once we have 300 to 500 providers, that is significantly higher uh, geo presence than uh, let's say an Amazon, right? So once we have the providers uh, in, you know, profitable, that will give us a framework to expand the provider capabilities. On top of that, we are, you know, while we're getting the profitability, we are getting product market fit from our users. That means the product is actually easy to use. So we have this unique proposition where you have heavy distribution from a provider base and you have amazing user experience from a user base uh, along with product market fit, along with cost being 90% lower. Now that's a unique selling proposition that 
Amazon can give. And all this in an open source, right? So our yeah. USP is world's first open cloud. And that's attractive to a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of big companies. And look at our employees from where, where they came from, right? Our head mm-hmm. of product, for example, was at HashiCorp, Terraform. I don't know if you're familiar with infrastructure, but Terraform is probably one of the most widely used, uh, 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 widely used uh, orchestration engine out there, right? Uh, I mean, look at our uh, VP of product, uh, IBM, right? Uh, our entire, a lot of our entire, I mean, a lot of our user, a lot of our employees come from this enterprise heavy uh, background. And me, myself, I worked at Kaiser, uh, I worked at IBM, right? So we understand enterprise really, really well. We also understand before you go uh, put yourself in front of enterprises, uh, you need to nail these USPs or unique selling points. So our USP is better, cheaper, faster. How is it faster? Low latency delivery using 500, 1,000 nodes across the world. That's a very unique property for a customer, right? But in order, before yeah. that happens, before we can run, we got to walk. We got to show this is profitable, right, to providers, right? And we have all these calculators, we have all these like optimization providers we need to do to get a profitability, right? So yeah, like, but, yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry for interrupting, but before you go even to the big names, you can start working on the smaller businesses. Let's say I'm not talking about like IBM, I'm not talking about AWS. You can start working with low low income businesses that can let's say promote the marketing and the purpose of the actual product, and then you attract more bigger companies want to notice all the features and how easy it is to use because eventually there is no reason that other companies wouldn't use right now the AKT product. You feel oh, me? That's, because... what, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm supposing. We're not going after big companies right now. We're going after mm-hmm. smaller companies. We're going after Web3 first and then Web2 smaller companies. No, I'm, talking, I'm, I'm not talking about crypto project. I'm talking about real businesses in the world. Let's say, I don't know, like... Uh, um, bicycle manufacturer. I'm just like uh, throwing names. You, you feel me? It's not the, only about the crypto project. Right. It's so SMB, if you have to qualify SMB business, right? So you need something of valuable to them, right? So an SMB business is spending, let's say, $1,000 a month on the cloud, right? So yeah. we go to them and be like, hey, instead of spending $1,000, spend $100, save $900. Mm-hmm. Is that valuable to you? What do you think the answer is going to be? Some might say like, sure. yeah, you know, it's valuable. Great. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times people, I mean, the, the cost difference has to be significant for people to, people to like, um, put it to manage, right? and change. So a lot of it, like bicycle manufacturers, for example, right? They're using a WordPress website. They pay like 10 bucks a month. For them, if I go and be like, hey, you're going to save $9 a month, moving to a cost. Oh, by the way, you got to do all this work, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you but eventually. You're going to yeah, eventually yeah. they'll come, right? Eventually they'll yeah, come. Yeah, the point. but yeah. It's, everything is selling. You need to sell it to them for them to use it. They might not like it at the first time, but if you sell them the product good enough, they will take it. It doesn't matter right. if your product is expense, is more expensive or more cheaper. If you approach to the uh, correct in the correct way to the correct customer, they'll use it, they'll try it. I don't know if they'll use it for the longer run, but they'll try it. And right, so I that's think why I'm this saying is, the user experience has to be phenomenal, right? So that's why yeah. we are investing in user experience. We have an entire front-end team building that user experience. So a Joe mm-hmm. working at a bicycle shop can be like, oh, this is actually easier to use. It's not only cheaper, mm-hmm. it's actually easier to use. Right? Yeah. Right now, yeah. user experience on a touch is not that great. Now, I'll be like, 
very open and honest. I mean, we're we're improving a lot, but Akash has been built for developers, not for normal users, not for yeah. people working in a bicycle shop. Akash is yeah. getting there, right? And that, like, we have yeah. the next, like you know, uh, next few months to work on retention and improve adoption, mm-hmm. right? Those metrics are not very uh, very attractive right now. All these metrics are on chain. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. this is any, anybody can see. So our yeah. focus is to build a product, a good enough product to attract a Web2 user, not a Web3 user mm. alone. We're starting off with Web3 because Web2 users don't know how to access tokens. Like if I go to a Joe or Joe bicycle shop and be like, hey, you got to purchase AKT from Track and by the way, you got to give you a passport to do so, right? Yeah. Like I'm like, what the fuck? You know? So instead of that, we have, we're adding credit card functionality. And you can't just add credit card functionality and sell tokens from a website legally, in, in, not in the US. So in order mm-hmm. for you to enable credit cards, you need to do uh, the clever design. So we, we, we're using AuthZ, for example, to do hosted wallets. Like our cards right now, you can, you can decouple the payer from the user. That means the wallet that's paying can be different from the wallet that's using, right? So using that model, we can have the wallet that's paying fully hosted, and uh, we can use credit card, user credit cards to to uh, fund that wallet, and you know, using Auth Z, we can uh, we can uh, delegate that uh, uh, the the payability to to an operator, mm. and so as long as we do not give custody of the tokens, it's legal. It's illegal mm-hmm. if we give if someone can purchase a AKT using a credit card. You know, so we're mm-hmm. doing things like that. We have that capability already in the last mainnet. We need to use now. How do you really realize? How can how can Joe at a bicycle shop be like, hey, take my credit card, and by the way, and just you know, pay? I don't care what AKT, I don't care what really just pay. That's coming, mm-hmm. right? That's why we're investing a lot in front end teams and user experience right now. Yeah. And so before my, we can go to a small business, we got to come to a value. Like, what is a business? Why would someone use a cash, right? They would use a yeah. cash, but it's cheap. That's a great attractive incentive. Is it, it's cheap is one thing. Uh, and second thing is how long does it take for me to uh, use a cash, right? That's a big question. If it's cheap and it's only saving me nine bucks, it might, you know, that's not a great thing for me. But it's cheap yeah. and I can like click, 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 done. Uh, that's good enough product. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. Uh, you actually answered my question. I have only two more. Okay, uh-huh. uh, it, it's actually clear ones, and then I'll let the other one uh, ask. I'm sorry about that. Uh, one, how are you planning to uh, prepare for the SEC uh, changing, and uh, let's say how they're trying to approach right now the crypto regulation with the AKT? And yeah. the second one is: Are you planning to add another department of sales to the project? Maybe. Like, like I said, to approach uh, companies or approach uh, individuals that could try to promote and try and maybe, I don't know, try to make uh, partnerships that will have mm-hmm. the, longer ter- the longer goal of the uh, Akash Network. Yes. So first question, how are we preparing for regulatory on fund, right? So we have been very, very fortunate uh, to take uh, precautions to, uh, to be compliant from SEC standpoint. Uh, Overclock Labs is a U.S. company, uh, and uh, we do have a foundation that's international. Uh, that foundation is responsible for token issuances, and we have done everything by the book. Uh, you know, our our current uh, counsels used to work for SEC. Our lawyers used to work for SEC, so we we were very fortunate enough to take a very very um, you know conservative approach when it comes to fundraising. We haven't sold 
our, our initial exchange listings have not been U.S., right? None of the U.S. exchange listings has been initiated by Kosh. Even Kraken came from Kraken. We did not ask Kraken to list. They themselves listed, right? So we've been very, very conservative when it comes to uh, um, issuing tokens to U.S. holders. When we did our fundraisers, we have we made sure there are no U.S. investors involved. Uh, you know, a lot of the funds were international funds uh, for the most part. So we are very, very com- uh, careful, very conservative. Uh, we are very compliant when it comes to regulatory uh, onslaught. And second, and the category of things we're in, right? We are a cloud company, right? We're not like we don't have interest-bearing assets. We don't have all the DeFi uh, stuff that are basically money building blocks. Our model is very simple. You have AKT, you can use AKT to buy for compute in a market price. The market prices are fully transparent, fully on chain, fully open. There is zero insider trading or insider manipulation of any anything of some sort, right? So from just from a category standpoint, we're a cloud computing business. Uh, we're not like like money-making machine um, for, for DeFi investors. We're not a speculative asset, right? So we don't, and we are not, we haven't done anything to sell uh, or expose ourselves to U.S. investors uh, so far. So we're pretty good. Uh, we're, you know, it's very, very unlikely that we will have some enforcement action from SEC considering the, uh, you know, considering how conservative we are and considering where, where we stand, right? Now, that may not be true for other DeFi protocols. DeFi protocols are definitely promising high returns and, you know, all that stuff to, to U.S. investors and doing it in a decentralized way. So, you know, it could be, I mean, we're going to probably see a lot of uh, SEC enforcement uh, in that in that purview. Yeah, it actually gives me lots more, uh, I'd say, uh, less pressure about how, how it's going to act. And uh, I would be happy if you could answer my last question about the sales departments, if, if it's yes. something you talked about and uh, if it's uh, something you're playing for the future. Yes, so, so sales. Uh, so, so we do have a, a BD team, right? We do have a decent BD team and we're growing our BD team. If you look at our uh, hiring, we're uh, looking for solutions engineers. So our biggest challenge right now for our sales is not lack of pipeline. We have a lot of companies, uh, both in terms of providers as well as payers, so wanting to, as well as tenants, that are wanting to do larger initiatives. Our focus right now is distribution more than sales. So sales is like taking on individual accounts. Distribution is like taking on individual accounts that'll, that'll give us a lot more uh, deployment. So for example, Chia, right? So Chia miners, Chia is a massive network. Um, so Chia miners are using a card, they like a card, but it's not the easiest thing to use, right? So for them, we need an account manager uh, to work with the Chia community. And this account manager, essentially, their job is to make sure that we have a healthy relationship with the community and the Akash Network team can respond to requests from Chia community in terms of customizing the content, in terms of customizing some of the interfaces to suit uh, Chia Miner, right? So a lot of the effort right now from a BD standpoint is not a typical sales organization, but a lot of business development on strategic initiatives, right? So that said, uh, we are doing Omnibus, for example. Omnibus makes it super simple to run a validator on a cash, right? So if we make that super simple, other validators, like there are about, I don't know, 5,000 validator nodes uh, in Cosmos ecosystem can easily come on board, right? So our efforts are not like, like individual accounts. 
uh, even though we have, uh, our, you know, in, in a typical sales model where you just pick up, a, you have like a bunch of leads and you come and you pick up your phone, you do cold calls. That is not like our biggest problem. Our problem is not pipeline. Our problem is, um, you know, acting and, and uh, following through the pipeline. So we're hiring for a lot of solutions engineers that are outbound, outbound focused. That means they're focused on customers. Um, and uh, their job is to really customize solutions, really talk to people in a technical way, not in a salesy way, and really solve problems. So we're not looking for like people to fill the top of the funnel. We're looking for people to complete the funnel. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it actually is. Um, I really appreciate your time and uh, effort to answer my questions. And uh, in the end of the uh, AMA, I'll send you a proposal to your DM and we, we could talk about this later. Uh, thank you very Sounds much. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Hey, Greg. Uh, David Adderman, Omnichain Capital. Hopefully this will be pretty quick. I, interestingly, I actually don't think Web2 is the, um, is the opportunity here. I see your biggest value prop as, as decentralization um, in you know, Web3 with everything running on centralized. Uh, cloud, all the API guys are, are centralized. And so is, is that, um, do, do you see that in the market? Are, are most apps like, they don't care about being on AWS and using Infura? Um, the apps that are coming mm -hmm. to you in Web3, is that, you know, are they looking for decentralization? Is, is that even something on, on top of mind? I, you know, what's that dynamic? Thanks. You want the truth and are not, not so much truth. Uh, give me the truth. <laughs> we approached some of the top 10. Well, used to be top 10. I don't think they're top 10 anymore. I mean, they won't be top 10 for a while. Um, we approached like the biggest DeFi project on the, on the planet. And they uh -huh. said, literally on our face, like, why do we need decentralization while, while you have AWS? <laughs> I mean, I, w I don't want to name names. It's a very popular project. <laughs> I this feel the like they're all that way. I think it's because you know? people just don't know. But I feel like people will know. And then, you know, the decentralization part will be extremely valuable. But now, now uh, they do after the enforcement actions. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> now they now they're feeling the pain. <laughs> uh, but you know, in bull market, nobody cares. In a bear market, right. everybody does. Okay. Right. So that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing, but there are certain projects like Osmosis that thought about these things. They're very thoughtful. Right? They're like, well, look, we don't want any liability. Uh, we want community and users to run their own uh, nodes, right? So that, that we got to make it super simple for users to run their own nodes. So we are working with, uh, say for example, DAO-DAO, which is like a Juno DAO framework, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so, uh, Akash will have interchain accounts very soon. Uh, that means you can use a Juno address to deploy directly on Akash without needing an Akash account and pay using and swap uh, Juno tokens to Akash using Juno swap all in the background directly from your DAO, DAO interface. And DAOs especially are critical uh, for, for to, to, to host decentralized, decentralized uh, host on decentralized network right. more than more so because, well, you, you know, you need a key man, right? If you right. go to Amazon, you need someone to put the credit card. And right. DAOs don't like credit cards, right? And DAOs are like very like dependent on their own, own, own tokens and whatnot. So imagine if you want something like matrix messaging, with element uh, front end for like messaging. You want your own Slack, right? Mm -hmm. uh, right now, your option is to go use the managed host from Matrix uh, and you pay using a credit card. And the whole experience is just like not very smooth. In instead, like 
And that experience will be soon in a way where you can literally go to DowDow and be like, hey, I want Matrix for my community. One click pays in your journey. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the opportunity is going to be decentralized composability for infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're going to see uh, uh, a pattern, and we're kind of seeing a lot of that, right? So we're, we have like different apps now that, that, fo- that, that make it super simple to deploy in Akash. We have Akash Linux deploy. We have Praetor, which makes um, becoming a provider super simple. And we have, um, and we have you know, like uh, Sperion, which is another uh, tool. And we have several other like ecosystem uh, tools that are making it super simple. Like DowDow will make it hyper-specific for DAOs, right? They'll optimize the entire user experience for like DAOs to deploy data services in Akash, right? And we're right. going to see a lot of the passes, we call it, a platform as a service to build on top of Akash. And that is going to give us the biggest distribution. And a lot of them can use Akash without an API key. And that's the best part. There's no API key. It's like completely composable, completely open infrastructure. Uh, I think we're going to see an impl- explosion of that model in the, in the bear market um, when people can actually build and see through. And people are starting to realize uh, a lot of the, you know, uh, the benefits of an open, composable infrastructure. Um, and there's a great opportunity there, 100%. And the reason why I said like Web2 is because uh, there's enormous like opportunity with just by cost optimization for Web2. And right. we're looking at the impounding recession right now. Uh, people are going to look at companies like Akash that are actually going to save them money, right? Akash right. is inward looking. It's not expansion. It's, it's, it's uh, uh, reusability, right? I mean, you have excess compute, put that in Akash, and it just works. Right. Right. So I think like there's value in in looking at Web two companies, right? Uh, and like and and just the shit distribution we get. Like so right now we have not that many uh, uh, you know uh, uh, providers. As soon as provider profitability becomes a thing, and we have product market fit there, like solid product market fit, you're going to see an implosion of uh, explosion of providers. Right. So mm-hmm. thousand, two thousand providers, uh, two thousand IP addresses. Uh, in, across the world distributed. And that's the kind of architecture that's not possible in the current cloud space. Right. Right. So we're going to start seeing a very innovative, like with 2000 like nodes, the kind of routing logic you can do, the kind of like uh, topology designs you can do are not possible on the cloud. And that's, that's what really excites us, right? Mm-hmm. Once we get into this like solid, solidified product market fit, when I say we have product market fit, but we don't, we fully, fully honest, it's not like solid. Like it's not like Click, 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 done product market fit. You know what I mean? Right. It, it takes little work on the on the provider side, little work on the user side to get there. But our goal is to simplify that uh, in a way that the value can be uh, 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 realized in a much simpler way and much quicker way. It takes about a few hours to realize value right now for our customers. Mm-hmm. Right. So once we have that, that's when we expand and grow. Right. That's when we automate right. the, the growth engine. Right. That's when we you know start doing like paid acquisition. You know. It's organic. We, we can do a lot more act- different channels that we can activate uh, from a from acquisition and retention standpoint. Once we have a solid product market fit, and that's what I'm really excited about when I say Web two. And and, right. and to be honest with you, our product uh, on on Web three should be better than Web two. They can be better with composability, but then right now they're not. Akash is not right. better than Vercel, Netlify, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we have to be better than Netlify and, uh, and Vercel. We're getting there, right? right. right? Um, yeah. So that's why I said Web2, because, you know, not from just attracting a Web2 user, but really building better products on Web2 is where we're going. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks so much. Uh, no worries. All right, Punzi. Hey, hey, Greg. Hey, I was already feeling I'm part of the team. 
for staying this long. <laughs> you are. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, thank you, Greg. So uh, sorry that I'm bringing up uh, an older subject, the to token inflation model. Mm -hmm. um, so my proposal is, yeah, I agree that we should reduce it as much as we can. But also, we might be able to reward the long-term stakers. And I know there are certain limitations with Kepler and Cosmos SDK, but maybe we could uh, launch some kind of smart contract on mm -hmm. Juno with an, with an escrow behind it. And the smart contract should check, okay, you've staked for three months, let's say. Here, claim a part of, of the escrow. Mm -hmm. like a reward type yeah i think this could be a way around these limitations and it could be pretty easy to implement i think uh, yeah it yeah. should be but then you have to market the url to claim the whole like it's, it's, i mean it's, it's not that straightforward I mean, there are lots of different ideas right we can, like okay to so what Pudzi is trying to propose uh, just for context I originally had like long-term staking incentive based on the Akash uh, white paper. Uh, if you look at, so the long-term incentive was like, for stakers that, stakers should be able to choose how long they want to stake. So you can choose anywhere from one month to one year. The longer you stake, the more percentage you get, uh, and shorter you stake, the less percentage uh, you get. I proposed this in my white paper in 2019 on the Akash original economics white paper, and it's a brilliant idea. It was not part of the Cosmos ecosystem, but it's obviously going to attract them. Osmos is definitely you know, took up on, on the model with their bonding curve, with their bond, uh, uh, with the pools and whatnot. Um, so it's a really good idea. But the challenge is the Cosmos SDK comes with a default vanilla staking module, uh, and that uh, the other wallets in the ecosystem supports. In case we change that staking module, these wallets and ecosystems uh, should essentially, uh, you know. Um, uh, to support it. So one approach is like, well, let's go approach Kepler and, and, and Cosmos Station and the whole ecosystem, Cosmos, make that happen, which I'm completely capable of doing. It's going to take work, but I'm completely capable of doing that. Uh, or do some external like uh, user interfaces, like what Ponzi is proposing here, essentially put the money in a smart contract and have a claim process where if you give your wallet address and if your wallet, you know, is, is being staking for like a over a year, you can claim an extra reward um, in, in the, and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. I like that approach. It's not a bad approach, but it just takes a little bit of like marketing and the URLs and, and people who know where they can go to claim all that stuff, right? So it's not a bad idea. I mean, I want to put all these ideas to test and sort of like write a proposal for the community to vote on. Uh, and maybe a signaling, just a text proposal, like, you know, what people think on different things, and maybe we can take it from there, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for the suggestion, Ponzi. Cool. We have uh, Chara. Oh, sorry. Anyone else uh, have any thoughts or questions? I see MetaMask there, John Papa. If you have any questions, sir, this is the time. I know we talk quite a bit online. I'd love to hear your voice if you're around. Let's see Akash Analytics deploy. You know, always, always good, amazing team members. Uh, Praetor, amazing uh, ecosystem participants here. Kony there is still here. Oh, he just left. Oh, if we don't have any questions, I'll 
Uh, we'll probably do this like every week or every other week. Uh, we want to do it every week, but you know we have to stay focused on building. But we'll try doing the spaces every week. And our times are challenging, so we want to make sure that we can address community questions. Uh, and if you have any topic uh, that not only includes, uh, doesn't have to necessarily include a card, but want to know what's happening in the markets, you know, happy to give my commentary what I think, uh, you know, for what's worth. So. Uh, feel free to speak up or ask me on Twitter. I'm always available. If there's nothing else, we can wrap this up. Uh, this was a wonderful uh, basis. Uh, we will do Hello. this a lot more often. Actually, I oh, think sorry. you forgot to talk about the, I'm sorry, about the Luna Crash uh, update and how it affects and what the coming actions you made or yes. you're applying to me. Good question. Good question. So, Luna Crash. Um, I don't know how many of them saw me, uh, how active I was uh, during this crisis. Um, but uh, anyway, context, Luna crash uh, has impacted quite a lot uh, of our members, uh, my friends, my family, myself. You know, uh, The US team fusion was something that we did not anticipate. Right? I, was, I primarily wasn't that exposed uh, uh, to volatile. I mean, any volatile exposure for me, I understood was, you know, is is that is that market, uh, uh, you know, the market. But USD was not expected, so I lost quite a lot of USD personally, uh, and uh, a lot of my friends lost a lot of USD, which kind of sucks. A uh, lot, lot, lots of people I know lost a lot of USD. I'm really, uh, you know, and and I, I mean, I, you know, any USD I lost, I, I, you know, something I made, I can make it back again. Like a lot of the USD, a lot of the, I actually was, you know, when I invested in Luna very early and I got out of Luna when it was 92 to USD. <laughs> so it doesn't matter uh, what I got out to, but um, uh, anyway, so I bought back Luna again. It was just the whole thing was a fiasco. Um, I, and uh, USD crashed and, and, uh, and the reason it crashed, I mean, the reason I was not able to get out because was because I was heavily vested in the USD pool, USD Osmo pool. Um, so first thing was I worked really hard to get the USD uh, get the D pool button on Osmo because you're losing USD, you can write that off. But during permanent loss, our Osmo was was being sold for u- useless USD. I don't know how, how many of you remember that, but it was very 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 important for us to get the USD D pool button uh, for the for the USD pool. Uh, you know, most of you have been following me. Saw the work I've been doing. I, you know, just had to like uh, force the Cosmosis team to do a hard fork and the validators to go shut down the chain and like yada yada. We did a lot of work to get that USD depot depot button in uh, three uh, three to four uh, uh, days. And I also had to uh, once you know the uh, IBC team had to like stop. Sorry, the Terra validators had to stop IBC in order to prevent. USD coming and causing permanent loss. So first campaign was to like have them shut down IBC, and then once they shut down IBC, we wanted IBC enabled. So I did another campaign to enable IBC uh, that actually passed in Terra. I think people don't talk much about how decentralization works, really, right? I was able to actually put a proposal in Terra community where I don't have a lot of clout in, and actually pass a proposal, right? And this is an outsider coming in and actually implementing a proposal and having the pass. And that's something to talk about, uh, decentralization, how it works in proof-of-stake systems. 
that doesn't get much attention. I, I think that's where decentralization works. Anyway, company over Fox Labs company has we took we had a very small exposure to USD uh, and Luna that we took a took a hit from, but nothing that actually impacts our daily operations. So, so we are good uh, as a company. Uh, but I think personally, a lot of funds have been depleted. So you know, and it's, it's fine, right? Like we wrote it off, and we have enough money to pay our salaries. So we're living on company salaries, and and you know, we're going to work over, over the next however many years, and you know, it's going to come back. So that's where we are uh, with uh, with uh, with the Luna crash. Urban. Hi there. Um, my name is Val. I'm known as Miss Metadata on my personal account. Um, this is a very intriguing conversation, Greg, and I'm very grateful that like you're still here during the bear market, even though you were somewhat infected by the terror crash. Um, I was I was intrigued because um, I was at Consensus this past week, and I noticed there seems to be a recurring issue with algorithmic stablecoins. So, um, is the issue is that do you know, with algorithmic stablecoins, is there a way to prevent, is there a way mm-hmm. to halt any programs? I mean, like any transactions once it becomes DPEG, like, you know, for example, say it's DPEG 5%, is there mm-hmm. an easy proposal to automate algorithmic stablecoins to prevent further, you know, DPEGging, you know, because I think that's like one of the big events that happened to us, everyone in the market, like personally, I have not invested in, you know, Terra and Luna, but I, I haven't heard any discussions on like how to prevent, you know, depegging from further happening, you know, destabilization. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, once you hit that two or three percent, how do you stop that from happening? So unfortunately, there is no straight answer. I mean, every protocol has different governance uh, mechanisms, right? Uh, some protocols like Osmosis has a three-day governance proposal, uh, 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 governance uh, implementation time, whereas Terra had, I believe one or two weeks, right? Akash has one week, right? So any proposal you put to make any changes uh, will not essentially, may not like, you know, act fast enough to make a difference, number one. Number two, a lot of the algorithmic stable coins do not have collateral to back, right? Besides some promises from the issuer, right? In Terra's case, uh, LFG or uh, Luna Foundation Guard which was created to uh, do a, a market operation-based uh, intervention in a DPEG event did not work because they were they were they 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 were they did a lot of mistakes. The big mistake was like Do Kwan's ego. Essentially, he went and said he's going to defend uh, USD at ninety-eight cents publicly, so people knew what the price he was going to defend, and they started shorting. Right. So they kind of knew exactly the parameters for a DPEG to happen. They opened a short and somebody made a lot of money. So a lot of the DPEGing is not just, not algorithms failing, it's, it's an attack from an external party to knowing the parameters of success or failure of a, of a cryptocurrency, um, of a, uh, you know, of a, uh, you know, algorithm stable coin. So it's, it's more of, more of, you know, art than science. And on paper, yes, USD looked really good. Uh, you know, uh, and a lot of the algorithms look really good on paper, but end of the day, people know the attack surface, attack parameters, and someone who's willing to attack these stable coins are usually going to win because it's all public data. So I'm, like after USD, as much as I want algorithmic stable coins to work, after USD implosion, I'm very, very bearish on algorithm stable coins in general, right? 
Um, and, and I'm bullish on on uh, collateralized, centralized uh, stable coins because they actually have one to one on paper to to show for, which are audited and regulated, right? Uh, and if there's a bank run, these people can actually pay back the user, right? So, right. So, I mean, there's inherent like I I want it. I mean, I believe in a uh, in a there will be a there may be a algorithmic stablecoin out there that can survive, but it's going to be extremely difficult to get there. And I'm not very none of the stablecoins right now uh, that I'm looking at markets. Uh, I'm, I'm 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 bullish on right. I mean, algorithmic stablecoins, of course, I'm, I'm okay with like the 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 uh, uh, collateral stablecoins. So. To answer your question, I don't think there's intervention that can happen quick enough for to save a stablecoin from collapse. And that's why even a cost stablecoin we're, we're looking at, we want to make sure that less of these stablecoins are in, uh, in, in float. And uh, mm-hmm. especially if you're using AKT as to back it up, right? So yeah, any stablecoin you're going to issue on a card is going to be based on AKT. AKT being a volatile asset, fundamentally, AKT can uh, maintain, the, I mean, the stable can maintain the effect because AKT can go up and down, right? Mm-hmm. It's only going up with trade when it comes down, that's the problem, right? So, but you need to maintain a certain amount of like, uh, and last thing we want to do is like sell AKT to pay back, uh, pay back like the stable coin holders and like, like in Lura's case and the cash AKT, right? So, so any, any, any uh, what do you call, uh, precautions we make, it has to come from design where uh, holding the stable coin might be penalized over time. That means today you can use a stable coin to transact one to one, but if you hold it more than like a week, uh, you should be able to, the stable coin value should come down to ninety nine cents, ninety eight cents, ninety seven cents, ninety five cents. Mm-hmm. So that way there's no there's no pressure on AKT, right? So uh, customers are able <laughs> to achieve a stable current stable settlement, but they're not incentivized to hold, right? So there's a disincentive or, or like a reverse interest. Of some sort uh, that can help. That's why you have like you know yeah. negative interest in banks, right? Because that's that's really what they're right. doing. So a lot of these problems have been kind of solved in in the traditional finance that we have to adopt lessons here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, that's that's, that's my general take. Now I could be wrong. I could tell you like I'm not a finance expert. I'm I'm engineer. I'm just yeah. intrigued. Yeah, this is just a really hot topic because like. I'm associated with urban change and we're trying to mass it. Like we're, we're building through a bear market. And yeah. I think it's like key that you guys are still here and we are planning to implement a stable coin into cities. So we have a web two product where we like support local businesses and like, we don't use blockchain. It's like a coin and you redeem it at like your local coffee shop instead of Starbucks or something like that, or mm-hmm. like a retail, a local retail. And we want to build on, well, Web3 using Algorand because it's carbon negative. We're trying to build sustainable mm-hmm. um, outcomes. And like what's interesting is like we plan on using a stable coin to mass adopt because, you know, local businesses, they can't afford to have huge losses. Right. So in that sense, we want to peg it to USDC, you know, which is like traditional, like it's kind of centralized. And like, I think this is the way, like the foundation to actually implement this during a bear market for people to be more comfortable in investing in like crypto without even realizing it. And like, I just wanted to hear your thoughts because I think we are leaning towards going, implementing a stable coin with USDC instead of an algorithmic stable coin where, you know, there's uh, like the 
question I had was essentially like, how do you prevent like de-pegging from happening? And it's like one key is over collateralizing. But um, are you are we over collateralizing with like Bitcoin? Is it over collateralizing with digital real estate or real estate in general, like commodity based? Is it, you know, are we over collateralizing with Bitcoin or, you know, Cosmos or like um, there's always a limit, right? For collateral, there's always right. a limit. Right? right. So theoretically, there's going to be always a theoretical limit, and that's the problem. And it's going to be like exposed, like how much do you over collateralize and what aspect, right? So there's really like, I, I, like I said, like if you're implementing a a, a CD coin that people can use, a a digital currency, just for lack of a better word, so crypto, a digital asset that is stable and pegged to one to one to one, just use a collateralizing model. Collateralizing mm-hmm. model is proven really well. Right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then you can use some papers to increase the yield or whatnot. But collateralized uh, coins are, are great for your use case, right? Right. Other than stable coins are a really experimental technology, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they, you can't really try to mim- mimic the real world. You can't mimic a dollar, right? You have to design, you got to really put why you need the stable coin before we need a stable coin. And in Akash's case, we need stable settlement. We don't need a stable coin, right? Mm-hmm. For us, it's mm-hmm. a very use case driven. Like, yes, we want a transaction dollar value that gives, you know, predictability for, for server costs. So we can design a stable coin that lets you get the functionality uh, without trying to mimic a dollar. Like we don't need to mimic a dollar, you know what I mean? So we can do like negative interest rates. We can do like all, all kinds of things to, to achieve the stability, you know what I mean? Uh, and like stability for us is AKT stability. Is important. We don't care about stable coins. We care about stable settlement, right? So like, so I think like special purpose stable coin, like in, uh, in uh, Helium does a good job as well. Helium data cards. Can use data currencies to pay for helium services, but you can use this data as a general purpose currency. So I think there's a future for application specific table stable coins um, instead of like a general purpose stable coin. I think application specific because you're designing a stable coin just for that for application. And anything outside the application, you're going to disincentivize that as stable. Right? Mm-hmm. So like in your case, you're general, you're 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 Developing a general purpose stable coin, you can I can buy coffee, I can buy, you know, a, 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 I can pay for my hotel, I can pay for whatever, I can pay in my taxes if, if this is successful, right? Yours is a general purpose stable coin. For that, I think uh, it has to be back one to one from a dollar. No, right. I'm just ask. Yeah. Do you think like with this stable coin, it should be rewarded with like um, another token or like another coin where it can be sure. used for governance for like? civic engagement like you know continuous engagements for example like if once you redeem it you get rewarded with another coin and like you can use it to get rewarded and be like hey you can get more local coins that's pegged to the us dollar to if you do ten thousand steps today instead of like driving to work mm-hmm. or like you know to to promote a vibrant city you know to like promote localism and like promote you know, all these incentives of like building a more sustainable future for cities. Do you see it beneficial to expand that local coin? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a huge fan of game theoretical, like gamification, like incentivization, behavioral incentivization, right? So I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of like evidence that work. Uh, uh, you, can, you can incentivize an unstable coin, which is rewards based, which is market driven, kind of surprising. You can do a lot of cool things. And that's really where I think crypto shines. Uh, I think people like, you know, I think that that's, that's a good use case, actually. Uh, yeah. It's a, you said it's a rare use case in what science? I'm sorry. It's a good use case. Okay. It's a good use case, what you're proposing. Oh, cool. Thank you. I really like, um, 
appreciate your feedback because like literally I'm like just you know proposing this and like we plan on launching on a testnet soon and like I just want to hear feedback from the developers and like you guys are like the forefront of like building from bottom up and I'm just like a community builder and making sure like the message is out and like I wanted to see if like oh this could be a new way of circular economy like a local economy because we're so dependent you know I love crypto because like it's like sovereignty you know like we can promote sovereignty you can promote you know independence and I think everyone should have that opportunity to like gain um like we need to make this more accessible to everyone so uh, you know that's like one one way to we would love to implement it in a real use case and you know I just just popping in and seeing that you guys are building and like you're, you guys are very like open and transparent about everything that's going on. And like, you guys are very involved in it. It's, it's really surprising that like, even after this crash from like, especially from, you know, Luna oh, this is not stuff, the first bear market. This is my third bear market. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> this is, this is my first. So yeah. Um, yeah. So but you're, you're, you're building, you're building community. We, we build code. Same thing. You're always building. Like, everybody's building. So. Yeah, good luck. Uh, you know, happy, happy to help me anyway. Thank you. You should try Cosmos. I'm not letting this pass. <laughs> you should try Cosmos too. <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's like um, Adam, right? It's like that's the native. Uh, no. Greg can can explain more, but it, yeah, I'm gonna let Greg explain. <laughs> so the difference between Cosmos and the rest of the ecosystem is difference between shared chains versus sovereign chains, right? The Cosmos, for example, is essentially not one blockchain. It's a lot of different blockchains that come together in property. Like Cosmos, for example, it's an L1 by itself. Cosmosis is an L1. Juno Network is an L1. Thorchain is an L1. All these different layer ones have their own security and have their own scalability parameters and all amazing things that you get, uh, but still can interoperate with each other. Like I can go buy a KT token natively on Osmosis directly from the Akash chain, right? So what, what, what Cosmos gives you this like this advantage of being sovereign that gives you freedom with economics, freedom with, like, like I was just telling you, the stablecoin is a completely native to Akash, right? It's not used by uh, other uh, networks. It doesn't have to be. So you can do all these cool things on Akash uh, and on sovereign chain, uh, being a Cosmos SDK-based chain versus something like an Avalanche or Ethereum or Solana. Granted, Solanas and Ethereums and Avalanches have their own, like, uh, advantages uh, really comes out to trade uh, comes down to trade offs, right? When it comes to scalability, I think Cosmos beats uh, any other chain uh, left and right. Classic example is Akash and Osmosis. We've seen enormous transactions, and we have zero downtime, and uh, gas fees are next to nothing, right? So, uh, shared state chains generally have a limitation as to how much they can scale, right? So, that's general take why Cosmos. But again, the bad part over Cosmos is. Uh, it's hard to start uh, get started. That means you need to bootstrap security. That means validators need to come and like, you know, validate your chain. That means you need to convince them. There's a lot of like community involvement uh, uh, that's very heavy in nature with Cosmos than most other chains. You don't need a heavy community to launch on uh, Ethereum or Avalanche. It's right, small contract you need that. Whereas Cosmos, you need to build a community to launch. So that makes it like, even though it's harder to start off, that gives you strength. Uh, and that's why Cosmos is an incredible community. That's just uh, in a nutshell, like why Cosmos was so Yeah, for sure. Is it like a proof of stake or proof of work? It, like, what's the TPS? Okay. And okay, okay. And like, TPS, how? I think you get ten thousand TPS. Oh, that's fast. That's fast. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that until today. <laughs> ten thousand TPS just for your own chain. It's not shared. Like other chains, okay. when you have like fifty thousand TPS, that's just 
shared across all different programs, like Solana, for example. I love them, and they're, they're really good friends. They're 50,000 TPS shared by 1,000 different programs, right? Whereas, whereas Cosmos, that 10,000 TPS is just for your blockchain, nothing else. Because mm. hyper performance. Like it's all dedicated, right? Like, right. Yeah. But I think the flaw with like Solana is sometimes it goes down. Like sometimes it's not working properly. So like, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not a developer. So like on your perspective of things, do you think they're proactively trying to fix those bugs? Yeah, they're, they're a really good team. Uh, they're, they're really, I mean, they're doing something that no one has ever done, right? High performance chain, which mm -hmm. is not an easy thing to do. And they're still in beta, they call them, right? Yes, they do have stability issues. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, those issues are natural for any any new blockchain. They're fixing. They're they really hardworking people. Uh, you know, they're top tier engineers. So world class, right? I mean, the founder mm -hmm. of Solana has built half the old flip phones, the operating system, and that. So the guys are extremely extremely smart. And a great team. Uh, they're working through issues, and every you know blockchain has issues. Uh, even Cosmos has shared uh, its own issues, right? Like. Sometimes you'll see Cosmos chains go down uh, because mm -hmm. of a bug. Like recently, Osmos has went down for like three days. But the good thing about Os uh, Cosmos, because each chain is independent, whatever damage they do is limited to that chain. Uh, so uh, the uh, ecosystem nice. observes it really well. That's what you get about sovereignty, right? Whereas like with other chains, there's a small bug, you get impacted all the programs on the, mm -hmm. on the chain uh, die off. Right? So they're, they're like, yeah, they're like pluses and minuses, right? Like. Well, you get speed, uh, you get like composability with Solana and speed. Uh, that's little, composability is not that great in Cosmos yet. It's getting there, it's not that great. Uh, so it's always trade off, right? Like, what are you trying to do? You know, like, mm -hmm. if you're doing something like DeFi, uh, building on Ethereum has a lot more advantage because you get access to all these things, the ecosystem. The Cosmos doesn't have yet. But, but Cosmos also, but you can build amazing products on Cosmos. But everything has to be built yourself, or other there are ecosystem there are other players are building and slowly, slowly uh, converging. Right. So my prediction is like, in, in a bear market over the next year or so, you're going to see enormous activity from builders, right? Um, and I think Cosmos is going to be in the forefront of taking advantage because Cosmos by far has the most vibrant builders I've ever seen, most advanced builders. I've been in the space for a very long time. I know Ethereum has the most number of builders, but Cosmos has a better, most number of high quality builders, hands down, right? So I think uh, that's going to make a difference in, in the bear market um, because a lot of the builders, like, you know, in, in Ethereum are going to disappear because there's no money, right? Um, and I think, uh, well, well, Cosmos is going to be different. So Cosmos doesn't really, like, doesn't have the kind of money <laughs> Ethereum has. Mm -hmm. And so they're not exposed to like bad habits of Ethereum developers. Like today, if you want to hire like a Solidity developer, I got to pay the guy like $500,000 for a decent developer. For Cosmos developer, it's like 150 uh, market salary, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a huge like difference in the expectations uh, from Ethereum builders to Cosmos builders. So uh, I think that's going to matter a lot in the bear market. For sure. Thank you for all the insight. I appreciate all this. Um, knowledge and like introducing me into the cosmos ecosystem i'm gonna dive a little deeper you know <laughs> no problem um, yeah i appreciate it no problem joe uh joe you had a question uh cool i think we uh, uh hey hi, cool. yeah hey hey can you hear me <laughs> i can hear you okay hey we, we, we got five me. more minutes before we had other people go uh, so oh, perfect. Just yeah. in time. <laughs>
Um, I have a question and uh, hearing you talk, another question came up in my mind. The sure. first question is, um, are the plans of the, the take profit strategy still in place that you... Yes. 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 And, and, and how is the, the thought about uh, regarding the security aspect? Because regulators are really clamping down on everything yes. that can yeah. possibly that's a, be. That's a challenge. <laughs> that's a challenge. Okay. You, you ask and answer the same question. You know, so we don't want, I mean, we want to limit liability from the overclock team. I think it's important that the take income proposal comes from the community. Right. So uh, we're working, uh, you know, I think community members will. Uh, you know, should propose it, uh, how they want to take income. And, and you know, we, Overclock Labs as a team will not, in, will not be involved in uh, voting. We'll abstain any votes that we have uh, and we'll not take any uh, sort of like uh, involvement in enabling taking income. So that's the best from a regulatory standpoint, that's the best approach you can take. But it's, yeah. it's not, the feature is super, super simple to implement, right? It's not a feature that, that, that's complicated. It's like, you know, how conservative or like how liberal we are when it comes to regulatory uh, standing. On top of that, a patch is not yet meaningful revenue, so it doesn't, not going to matter for a while, but uh, but uh, that's our stance right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, that could be a good strategy indeed. And when you say it's not going to matter for a while, what have you in mind by that? Like, for a while, I remember, like a, right? A, a revenue is ahead, not sorry. that great, right? A revenue is not that great. It's not going to be great for at least a year or so. I think, right? Because okay. during these, like, I mean, it's going to improve, but it's not going to matter in the sense like our inflation rewards are always going to be higher than the uh, than the uh, uh, take income you're going to make for mm -hmm. a while, right? So the idea is like uh, the take income will replace the inflation uh, uh, inflationary income, and uh, and and then. So that take income will pay for security of the blockchain instead of inflation. That's the idea for a take income, right? So mm -hmm. like, so inflation right now is going to be always, it's going to be at least higher than the take income for the next one year uh, or so. And I think we're going predictably uh, to be fully like, uh, you know, transparent. I think it's going to, it's going to take like at least a year by the time that, that the flip will happen, right? So that's my take. I, mean, I could be wrong, but that's my take. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just estimations, but cool thing, cool. And the other question came up listening to you when you uh, have talked about uh, taking some of the inflation and distributing it to like maybe the most loyal stakers. But if, you, if you're making a community proposal on that, like the guys who will have the most voting power will be probably the ones who are getting a lot of, uh, of this inf uh, inflation and selling it to the market. So uh, how could that pass through these guys? The voting power, yeah, they're the, the bigger owners of the network, right? Whoever stake uh, for the longest time should get, for the, whoever stakes and whoever stakes for the longest time should get. I think we're going, like, by the time inflation comes into play, long-term staking could become, like, a part of the feature set, right? People should get not just, like, how many tokens you have, but for how long you have, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think but by the time taking income becomes a reality, the long-term staking incentive should also become a reality. Uh, that's one way to protect the network, right? But yeah, people that take the most risk will get the most income. I, I don't think there's any, like, uh, anything wrong with the model. But no, no, no. Question, what what yeah. I meant was that, I mean, you, you talked also about maybe some ideas to, to punish the ones who are selling constantly to the market. 
But Correct. the ones who are selling the most probably are the ones that are holding for the longest and staking for the longest the most amount of tokens. Not so they really. will not, not really. really. No, we have, from what we see is not the people that are long, staking for the longest are selling the most, right? Uh, oh, people okay. that are actually like coming in later uh, with the expectation of profit and selling. It's kind of actually kind of reverse. So people, okay. there is some evidence people sold uh, to take their cost basis out, uh, but they're not the ones that are adding continuous sell pressure. You know? Huh? It's for okay. people that are coming later. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. Uh, no worries. Uh, I think we got to wrap it up. Uh, Folks, uh, we have I have a hard stop at 11, uh, 11 our time. This was an hour and a half. So uh, thank you all for coming. Uh, it was a lovely space. We'll continue doing this uh, uh, as, as every week uh, from now on. And I think it's important for us to communicate and talk and answer any questions, especially in terminus times. Uh, that keeps us accountable. That keeps uh, you know you you comfortable. And uh, uh, we're going to keep doing this over and over again. Thank you all for coming. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Building in the Bear Market with Akash Network, recorded on Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Wake it up like a basement dweller Stepped out the door and heard racist yelling 2020, what an ugly shit show Staring at the fucking Rick Roll from the get-go Looking outside, the whole state's on fire The fuck do you expect when you embrace the liars And replace the writers with AI just like us Emaciated models killing bright birds First in, last out, picture me rolling The worst time to cash out, so what you holding? The Merc's gonna cash cow, country stolen Drooling over chicken like the goose is golden Trying to be so full, spitting that molten Lava from the bottom of the caldera I'm hot and gonna put it in a bottle And offer it to the god who hit the gas full throttle Blasting off in a rocket The many people who will, will see things happen to them That are in their favor So someone's looking over it's a fascinating phenomenon when that happens. And what, when you analyze those situations, what you find is, is that we as humans simply have a profound inability to understand statistics and probability. Stitching these writings, living that life like, who would have guessed you'd turn out this nice, right? Avoiding stress, that's the motherfucking secret. Print that shit on a motherfucking leaflet. I'm just an asshole hooked on the bricks. Looking at the rectangles, damn, they kinda thick. We've gone through a whole lot of kings here. Cutting off heads just to bring cheer. Getting all fired up, Tiger King, line them up when you'd give an arm and a leg just to try the junk. On some first time buyer's luck, Alexa, set a reminder and remind me to buy a bunch. And put your hands up if you fuck this year. And keep them in the air if you're picking up the spare. And put your mask on just to go outside. Looking at the planet about to downsize. So, climate change will not make Earth Basically every other coastal city 
that we've spent thousands of years building uh, in the, since the dawn of civilization. Imagine a world in which an old dying man's last dying wish is fulfilled. Alexa? Can you play that one sci-fi space where he clowned all the safe moon and XRP bag holders and then told everyone to buy Luna because it was going to a thousand? I'm, I'm confused why we're not talking about the fact that you can easily like 300x your money on XRP. Like, you know, I son, I remember a time. And it's Alexa, enough. I'm trying to reminisce now. I remember a time before Terra Spaces existed when things that were said on random Twitter spaces would just get lost to the proverbial black hole of time. 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 That's the best bet. <laughs> Why isn't Luna in wind turbines? Hey, guys. Though? I'm reading all about these wind guys, turbines. Guys, do you mind if I explain Cardano a little bit? Because I've been in Cardano since like 2018 and I can give you a full breakdown. Um, just when you thought it was safe to shill shit coins. Oh my god, you guys, I don't know what to do. So much blood. It's so red. From the creators of Your Exit Liquidity, in association with We All Love to Hear Ourselves Talk, Inc. For more information, go to terraspaces.org slash donate. Terror spaces. <laughs>